throughout history, many have dreamed of time travel. Many have imagined reliving their glory days. Some can still be seen displaying fads of the past. But only two have valiantly dared to go back to the 80s. A decade of excess. An era of real social interaction. A time where people actually used verbal sounds to communicate. Take a trip through the wormhole of time with two of the bravest and wildest jocks, Toscano and Chang. Coming to you every Friday on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, and most everywhere else. But a warning to all, we do not condone their methods of nostalgia extraction. Sometimes, it's just wrong. Get ready for Back to the 80s. Friday. This is the one and only legend in my own mind, the Chang, and I want to welcome you to Toscano and Chang's Back to the 80s. Now, before we start any type of rhetoric, I must direct you to the number one Italian, the number one board operating lord, weighing in at 171 slim pounds of thick in terrifying muscle Toscano <laughs> That's quite an entrance there I was expecting to hear the Living in America song in the background Oh, I, you know what is it, so funny that you bring that up I was just envisioning that video in, in, in my head because on 4th of July I, the Chang sat down and decided to tube up that song and listen to it with an ice cold Heineken on the 4th. Well, you can't do better than that, especially listening to some James Brown, maybe even oh, watching no. Rocky Four. Everybody remembers that episode. But uh, this is Toscano from Toscano and Chang welcoming you back to the 80s. We're introducing mm. the 80s to a whole new generation. And uh, we want to take a little moment to remind you guys about our Facebook page where you can drop us a note. Check out what we have. Check out all our posts. Don't forget to subscribe, to give us a like, to download our podcast. And also, here's a very important reminder that if you have a love-hate story that you'd like to have shared, the doctors are going to read them out loud on the show. So go ahead and let us know through our Facebook page. You can also call and leave your message at 714-386-9797. Welcome Mm. to another episode of Back to the 80s. Today, we're going to be doing part three of of music in the 80s. Today's theme is pop music. Uh, Maybe not your specialty, Cheng, although you are an encyclopedia of music. 
Well, Toscano, I will admit, you are correct. You have nailed the nail on the head. You hammered it home. I am not one with the pop, but that never, ever stops the Chang from giving you my most honest opinion on every type of music played in the 80s. Now, Toscano, I know that you're just going to be as giddy as a schoolgirl <laughs> you buying her me. new prom dress with this upcoming list that we're going over. Am uh, I? Do I stand to be corrected? No, no, you're out. You're on the dot. I'm going to be giddy as can be. As a matter of fact, yes. I got my binaka here, which I'm going to put, uh, oh, I'm going to use because my breath nah. needs to be fresh for these uh, up-and-coming comments. Here we go, here we go. Yes, I, I. you need a fresh mouth because I know you're going to be smiling from ear to ear hearing some of your most famous music. Now, remember, Banaka is not uh, eye drops, my brother. Let's uh, go ahead and kick this all off. I've got uh, a list that I've acquired from Rolling Stone magazine. Now, this is not my opinion. This is not your opinion. This is Rolling Stone's list on what they believe is the top-rated 80s pop music songs or pop songs in the 80s of all time, okay? But so what? So let's do this. Why don't we go one and one? So you go one of your list, and I'll go one with my list. Okay. Deal? You got it. You... All right. So are you ready? Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Do you want to go first? Now, the first one I am going with is by the legendary man himself, a former member of the Commodores, a man that has a famous daughter, Nicole Blank. And this song has something to do with night. I've got Sophia Garcia, and she says that's definitely Lionel Richie. Oh, I would love to give her a terrific hug. For nailing it on the head. Way to be the hammer, my love. That's right, brother. No other than the legendary Lionel Richie. And in the words... And she she also said the song is, is it Night Train? No. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh. You want me to tell you? Well, let's give her half she a gets, point. She gets let's half a point. Let's give her half a point. Now, if you come up with the so, name of the song, the title, then she gets a whole point. If you don't... And I have to sing it to you, I take away a half a point. <laughs> All right. Well, I would say the very famous song for the ve- with the very famous video, All Night Long. Oh, there you have it. A full point for the both of you. <laughs> all night long, all night you know, long. That was an extremely happy video, by the way. Uh, it made me feel like dancing in the street. Even when I wasn't in the street, I felt like was, leaving work sometimes. Well, when the song came out, just to dance in the street. No, it was, it was quite a song. So let me let me go to Rolling Stones. And since we started at ten each, I'm going to skip. Theirs was twenty, so I'm going to skip all the way okay. down ten spaces, and I'm going to start with number ten. With uh, let's see, here goes the trivia for you. It is a song by. One of the members or ex-members of one of the greatest bands of all time with a bowl haircut. And 
this guy sang a song about holding hands. He had many, many, many big, big hits. Uh, one of his band members uh, became a knight. This particular song is one of the biggest hits of the 80s. He didn't even get an assist from Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson. And it was kind of disco-ish, uh, and it was given a helium effect with sped-up tape. One of the unlikely songs that motivated his partner, John Lennon, to start working on music wow. again in 1980. I think this would be Paul McCartney, Say, Say, Say. Correct. Uh, almost. Oh. Almost. Now, this is a song that I don't even remember. That's, I mean, I remember very really. Vaguely. It's a song called Coming Up. Oh yes, I thought that he made that with the with the the background band, the Wings. Not the Wings, Wings. But uh, yeah, well, all all this says uh, on the article for the Rolling Stones is that it was a, a quirky nod to disco with Paul's voice, mm. even with a little bit of helium effect. It was kind of sped up. Yes. Yeah, I remember that song. I remember it made me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. On that note, what was your no what was what's your number nine, man? My number nine comes from a man that was premature gray, was known for having a beard like Santa Claus. He used to gamble. Oh yes. And he had very poor plastic surgery in his later years in life before he passed. Did he have uh, famous chickens on the way as well? Yes, he did have a lot. Uh, <laughs> of it. He kind of did look uh, like a cousin of Colonel Sanders. <laughs> that had to have been Kenny Rogers, my friend. That's right. The Gambler. No, the song it is incorrect. The no, the song was Lady... I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. That's right. Right, my brother, right there. Oh, my gosh, I could. All right. Yeah. Well, I I like Kenny Rogers, you know. I like his Kenny Rogers chickens better. Now, the funny thing, (laughs) you know who Michael McDonald is, right? Which he might pop up on either one of our lists. Yes. But Kenny... I think they were distant cousins because they look very. That's very what alike. I was just gonna say. Except Kenny Rogers had the the gray hair where Michael McDonald did, but they looked tremendously. You never seen yeah. those guys together at a party in the eighties, did you? No, you just didn't. Mm, well. It's kind of like Superman and Clark Kent. That's right, brother. You know, it's funny. Uh, country music singer by day and at night, a soul brother. That's right, brother. He was Michael McDonald hanging around with those Doobie Brothers, smoking Doobie, yeah. bro. Yeah, what a voice, man. Michael McDonald, what a voice. Yeah, he had a, a very deep voice. Uh, kind of uh, the kind of voice you would hear in a Catholic sermon when they're singing some of the Catholic hymns in church. Yeah, <laughs> pretty you know? much. Now, you got to give me your next smash hit of the 80s. I'm waiting right here. Now, my next smash hit is my number nine. Or not mine, but Rolling Stones number nine. And it's about this singer guitarist who was jealous of one of his band members' girlfriends. It was a singer who, last time I saw him, he had a big gig in Vegas. Oh, I think I know who this is. Now, I bet you, you know, he wanted Jesse's girl. I gotta have Jesse's girl. Mr. Rick Springfield. 
Yeah. By the way, I heard him talk about this song, and he said this song was made, or he wrote this song because he was actually jealous of one of his band members' girlfriends at the time. You got it. And her name wasn't, or his name, you know, wasn't Jesse, and so he didn't want to put him on the spot. Right. Uh, but it's a true story. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? When I met Mrs. Chang, she was dating a friend of mine named Jesse. And uh, really, I really wanted her because when I met Mrs. Chang, she resembled Janet of Three's Company and Paula Abdul. So, yes, so yes. Chang, being the dirty-minded that I am, I right, I I I, I had to have this woman. So. I uh, I played the perfect gentleman everywhere I was, bro. And every time this song came out, I would sing it. And as a matter of fact, I bet 20 bucks to three of my friends that I would date her. Ah, and, and you boom, did. She is now Mrs. Chang. And she was formerly Jesse's girl. Check that out. Well, this one was the number one yes. song in America the week that MTV debuted in august of 1981 well would that have anything to do because the guy was very good looking the women loved him rick springfield i don't know if you remember he had a cartoon on saturdays back in the 70s oh that i had no idea yeah so you you could go ahead and google that or youtube it you know what and if you do put that on our page tonight that is some nostalgia that's going to kick you in the booty like if you were in a horse's stall in the middle of the night <laughs> and you know what I heard from his very mouth was that even though he was making money and all this stuff, he he's written a book about all the years of depression that he suffered uh, during that time. Can you believe it? Somebody who, yeah. I mean, you you look at these artists and these rock bands and and the singers and the pop singers and and you figure these guys have they don't have a, any any troubles. They don't have any worries, but you know what? They've got a lot of, lot of inner demons that, uh, you know, like, like, uh, what he was talking about, you know, Rick Springfield says that those were the loneliest years of his life. Uh, any artist that creates music or a poem or any type of uh, a talent that they have, that they express themselves, some of the best work comes out of pain real life experience positive or negative so i think that's why a lot of these great songs that we're looking back on are a lot of great songs that all of us hold dear to our heart they resonate with us because it's an emotion or a situation that we too the listener have encountered so it kind of uh uh we we take to heart the music and that's yeah, why the music yeah. lasts the ends of time like it does and why it connects with us Rick Springfield, that's a great... I mean, who would have thought that me, a fictitious song name, but I actually lived the life. I actually did the deed. <laughs> I stole Jesse's girl. All right. So what do you have as your number eight? Well, number eight. Now, this song, we're not going to play Guess It anymore. This song is from the legendary Diana Ross, formerly of The Supremes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This song was produced, produced by the legendary Niall Rogers. I have an idea of what song it is. Let's see. It had a, did it have a disco feel to it? Was it upside down? 
you have turned this microphone inside right. out. Oh, it was a, it was yes. upside down, and that was produced by Sheik, former Sheik players Niall Rogers and Bernard Edwards. How did I know that was coming up? I said upside down. You turned me. That's right, Diana Ross, Upside Down. That that was such a great song, man. It's such an upbeat uh, dance song. But then again, when you have two former members producing it and laying the backtrack, you know, formerly of, of Chic, you know it's going to be a dancing tune. Oh, I mean, yes, Diana yeah. Ross left the Supremes, you know, and, and boom, right into dance music. Uh, very similar to uh, uh, Tina Turner, my brother. And, as you know, speaking of dancing comes my number eight. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, man, I used to think Whitney Houston was so drop-dead gorgeous, man. Absolutely. You know, this this song launched the summer of 1987. Wow. Uh, with the release of her second album, Whitney. Now, this was, uh, pr- right? Was this prior to the movie The Bodyguard that she did with... Uh, uh, the uh, the actor with Kevin uh, Costner, right? Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner yeah. right? I'm not sure. I'd have to check into that. Maybe one of our fans would know. Uh, but definitely, this was well. Like I said, this was probably her second album, so it may have been just around that same time, or maybe a little before. What what a great singer, Whitney Houston. I think she's got to be one of the all time greatest gospel slash soul slash pop soul uh, divas of all time. And uh, yeah. it, it was a, a tragic loss, uh, a devastating loss, such a crack in the foundation of music as a whole. And uh, with that note, I'll just say, damn you, Bobby Brown. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your number seven? Are you ready for this one? I'm, I'm ready. This, this song, number eight, comes from Down Under. Mm. <laughs> say no more. Pun intended. Say no more. And, you know, the guys that put this were hardworking guys. These were a bunch of men at work. Yes, they were. From down under. <laughs> they give you number eight. <laughs> number seven. Number seven. So definitely men at work. And don't tell me, the song was <laughs> down under? That's right. <laughs> People are probably listening. You guys are putzes. <laughs> That's right, bro. You know, so, you know anybody that calls us a putz, you know what? Is a putz? You're gonna have to. No, you're gonna have to do the Michael Jackson and just beat it, beat it. That's it, brother. Uh, on that note, let's do something real quick. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, there's a lot more Looney Tunes here from Back to the '80s. Toscano and Chang, don't go away. <laughs> You're listening to Back to the 80s. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Back back to the 80s. Let me explain something to you. I am a vintage, mass-marketed children's toy from the 80s. 
You are listening to Back to the 80s. Toscano and Chang here with you. Before the break, the man, the myth, the legend cracked me, and I had to laugh. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Men at work. All your puns, man. That's All right, your puns. Bro. You got to do it. So, and you know what, man? Uh, this was a band that I really did like. I did like Men at Work. Because it was probably about a good five songs that I liked. You know, I mean, I wouldn't go around buying uh, CDs or greatest hits because there's only five songs I like. You, you wouldn't buy their uh, you wouldn't buy their T-shirts and wear them. No, I wouldn't. You know what the <laughs> the the band? I, I I really liked their their the mechanics of the band. I liked a lot of their songs. I liked uh, Colin as a singer, but he had that crazy eye. You didn't yes, know if he, he was looking at you or he was looking at his stagehead. You know what I mean? So I that yeah, was always intriguing. Know. You know, their album, Business as Usual, was the album that was probably the most famous one. And uh, songs from Who Can It Be Now oh, yeah, to Down Under to uh, uh, Be Good Johnny and yes. also Down by the Sea. Yes. So this album had a lot, a lot of really, really good songs. It wasn't yeah, one of those one-hit wonder bands. No, it wasn't, bro. It wasn't like uh, Tears for Fears. <laughs> Come on, Tears for Fears is great. Everybody <laughs> wants to be. Everybody <laughs> wants to rule the world. Sorry, brother. Everybody <laughs> wants to rule the world. All right. Let, let me talk to you. Yeah. Uh, let me talk to you about my number seven. Now, my number seven was uh, was a gal that, uh, let's see. She was a gal that came out with John Travolta in the movie Grease. She was the hottie. And this song is a song that that she we're talking when this song came out it exploded in the 80s and there were women everywhere doing exercise i mean uh, george michael himself put on some leg warmers and started doing the dance to let's get physical who didn't put on leg warmers in the 80s brother now the chang sometimes was inebriated and i hit on men wearing <laughs> leg warmers because they had hair like women we talked about all that last week. We did. We did. <laughs> did you actually ever wear leg warmers? Because you look like you would you would have done really good with leg warmers. <laughs> no, but I did go undercover when I was a narc, and I portrayed oh, a prostitute that's what it was. with leg warmers. So <laughs> that's what those pictures are. Okay. Yes, that makes that's, sense. Uh, that's, what, that's right. <laughs> now, you did make those in 8x10 glossy, right, for you and Mrs. Uh, Siscano to put on the I, mantle I, for you and the boys? I, I did. I did. I did. All right. So what's your number six? Well, my number six comes from the band that we discussed on many levels last show, where this guy gets under my skin because they say I look like him. Oh. But this song, I'm telling you right now, one of my favorites. Okay? One of my favorites. Now, is it a ballad? Is it a ballad? Well, it's somewhat of a ballad, but it rocks. This is from the one and only great rock and roll band, Guns N' Roses. This is Sweet Child O' Mine. Now, ah, yes. the reason I like this yeah. song, it came out in 1987, I believe in July. Yep. My daughter was born that year in January. So this song kind of gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling. And every time I hear it, I think about my daughter, who is now 34, sure. when she was a baby. So this is number seven. And uh, now, I, now the thing that kicks me like a jackass in an open field on a cold winter day is this song was on one of the top 100 rock 
tunes, and here we find it on one of the top 20, pop. top 20 yep. pop song hits of the 80s. You tell me, how does that happen? Who knew? Well, we, well, we talked about rock, and one of the top 20 in rock was Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Yes. That doesn't make sense to me that at all. That makes no sense. That has no merit has whatsoever. Nothing. nothing. It, that it, looks like, like uh, a misprint, uh, uh, a mistype, a typo. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So my number six is a okay so let me i gotta prepare the way for this one because uh back in the 80s uh not only were guys in love with her women were in love with her and she took pop to a whole different level uh she inspired generations to come with the way that she dressed with the way that she acted she went on stage and performed and did some stuff with her own body that Freaked people out, especially moms oh, that let their I have an idea. daughters go have see an idea. this uh, female singer. You know, she bragged about uh, being a virgin, and uh, she loved being that material mm. girl. And on this occasion, the boys over there at Rolling Stone dedicated slot number six for mm. her uh, with Papa Don't Preach. And that's the one and only. Madonna. Oh, she was delicious. And, and, and the funny thing is, she was voted number six, rhymes with sex. Hmm, yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> when I saw her rolling around the stage, all the blood left my head and went somewhere else, and I was like, good Lord, I want that this for funny, Christmas, brother. <laughs> check this funny note, note out. Okay, so this was probably her most controversial song of her entire career at that time. Okay? Mm -hmm. And... Pope John Paul II mm. urged all fans to boycott her. This is all all her 1987 concerts in Italy because of this one song. Really? Yeah, well, because it talked about, you know, a young girl having a child out of wedlock and not following, you know, her dad's advice. Right. That she had, you right. know, she, she told her dad in the song, you know, I know you're going to be mad. I know you told me that he, the guy was no good for me. But I'm still keeping my baby. That's what she yeah. says in the song. That's a heavy duty and, song, brother. It really is. But check this out. I've, I listened to this with my kids in the car just about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And we kind of dissected the song. And we said, does this make sense? A young lady is asking her dad for help because of what happened to her. Mm -hmm. All right. She tells him, I know that I didn't follow your advice. Right. You warned me about it. I didn't listen. However, I don't want you to preach to me. How does that work? You know, we're here as parents. We, we have that right. You know, we, we win that right, don't we? It's a given. Uh, anytime you're a parent, it is your given right, whether or not your children agree with it or carry it out, to give our opinion out of our own wisdom. Because as a parent, our job is to give them unconditional love, unconditional backing, support, and unconditional discipline. And, and, and with those comes wisdom. So it is funny that she would make a song like that because if you don't want to hear it, honey, don't go telling your dad you got knocked up. Yeah, exactly. And, either, and my kids, and here I got two teenage boys, and I said, Dad, what kind of a chick is this asking her dad or telling her dad, please help me because I screwed up. 
However, at the same time, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't fly. And my boys know, and in our Italian home, stuff like this don't fly. Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, back in the old 80s, when the Chang was a young guy, I was looking for chicks like this at every street corner. <laughs> ba -da, ba -da, ba -da. <laughs> Now, you know what I found funny about what you just said? Now, the Pope himself was getting angry, but he had no problem. You know what? I, I don't want to go there, but he had no problem with uh, telling little Johnny the altar boy, hey, I think you need to stay back here for the next five minutes after mass. Now, come on there, Pope Johnny boy, you know. <laughs> All right. So let's jump over to your number five. <laughs> Who do you got number five? I knew you were going to do this to me. Yes, I knew it. Close your eyes because number five, this, this lady had some of the greatest hair in a video. In the 80s. Okay? Great. And some of the most magnifying eyes. Blue. And the song, okay, it was a, it was a very sad song. And the song was by Bonnie Tyler. Do you remember oh, Bonnie Tyler? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. She, she was gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. hair. And the song that she came out with was... The Total Eclipse, Eclipse of the Heart. Of the Heart, that's right. Now, that is the number one divorce song or the number one <laughs> breakup song. It's you also know? the number one dance song. And the number one dance song yeah, to a certain yeah. degree. Now, I've heard that song on Lifetime so many times, I just can't believe it. But that is number five from the Tangs list. That's Bonnie great. Tyler. That is a great song. Great song, great artist. My number five is probably all right so if you told me which song do you think represents the 80s i mm -hmm. i go to this song all right now okay. i'm not saying it's true i'm just saying i would go i would direct you to this song if uh, somebody a millennial or or younger from generation y or z or whatever the heck the new kids are called mm -hmm. uh ask me give me a song that represents the 80s i would go with number five which is a song by a band called Survivor. Oh, no. And You're not it giving me the old Eye of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger. That is correct. <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. Why? Because, man, when Sylvester Stallone couldn't get the rights to Queen's Another One Bites the Dust and Rocky III, he commissioned the band Survivor to write the theme song. So this song was actually written for Rocky III. Really? Did that you know that? Yeah. No, I did not know Stallone that. Stallone wanted to get the right to, you know, for to use Queen's Another One Bites the Dust. Right. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And this song just yeah. exploded. This song will excite anybody, even a little kid today. Yes. Every time I hear that song, I want to just start jumping rope or, or pounding 25 out Don't real quick. You? Yes. You know what I mean? Or yes. I feel like going to pick a fight at a Russian bar or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what happens when I hear Survivor. Nice. And did you know the lead singer of Survivor, uh, several, a few years back, he, he passed away. But he would sing on those uh, commercials for the uh, beer company. I forget what beer it was. Where the parody Wait, wasn't was... It, uh, wasn't it Bud Budweiser? Was it Budweiser? I don't remember, but I heard um, the the new singer. The new singer's pretty old as well. The new singer sings right. just like him. 
Oh, it was for Bud Light, I believe. Yeah, I think it was for Budweiser. You know, and then when the the announcer would say something, and in the background he would be like, "It was." And it, it was <laughs> but that's what he ended up doing before he passed away. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Number four comes to you. Oh, no. oh you're going to have to hold on to your pants again. From some of the sexiest women that created a band, this girl, the guitar player, oh, was I know probably you're the talking foxiest about. chick. I already know who you're talking about. Rock. Yep. Who would that be? Would that you're be t- the gorgeous gals of the Bengals? That would be the Bengals. Oh. And that's the the wondrous, I mean, this is the wondrous Susanna Hoffs. Oh, I always wanted to picture her walking to my bedroom like an Egyptian. I just did. <laughs> you know, when I used to, I used to listen to a song that was written by Prince, given to her, or given to the Bengals, and that was You're Manic right. Monday. That was a Remember Prince that? written song, you know? Yeah. Even Prince, Prince uh, sang this song. In You're right. Concerts. That you know, you know, you got to be good, dude, for Prince to give you music. I mean, Prince just didn't give music oh, out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Either that, or Prince, you know, wanted to have something to do with uh, uh, with Susanna Hoffs, and who knows? Well, they may have. Who knows? I mean, hey, look at man. Prince has taken some beautiful women to his pad, and they didn't leave until the next day. That's all I'm saying. All right. So my number four is one that you mentioned a little bit earlier on in the show. It was a it was a band that uh, gave you tears when you had fears, <laughs> tears, tears for fears with shout, and it was it was as catchy as propulsive as it was ominous and deadly serious. Shout was one of the most uplifting bummers of the summer of 1985. I agree. Now, for some for a song to be called Shout, I would have thought they would have shouted more. You know, when you think he's going to shout, think. he would be, you know, in times of, I mean, dude, shout, bro. <laughs> all, yeah, all you heard was shout, yeah. shout. Let it all out. Let it all out. And that's yeah. it. These are the things yeah, but you can do without. I had no idea that this song, you know, many assume that shout was, was about a primal scream therapy that inspired the band's yeah. name. And their 1982 debut, The Hurting. But mm. no, this song was a call to protest. Yeah, and but it wasn't as powerful as you would think. The only thing that was hurting were my ears every time I heard that song. That was so <laughs> Oh, come on. It was a great song. Don't tell me when it comes on, it doesn't want to make the Chang put on his tutu and No, it dance. makes me cangry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, what's number three? What's now, number, number three, three, my brother, has got to be from one of the legendary three-piece bands of their time, renownedly famous in the 80s, performed at Hollywood Park. That would... The threesome, the one and only, oh, the Stingman, the, the police. police. Now, this one, remember, this is a very heartwarming Love-inspired song. Yep. Every breath you take. It was uh, the chart-popping lead single to the synchronicity that made the police the biggest band in the world in the yes. summer of 1983. Yes. How did I know that? Because that was my number two. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, <laughs> you see? You see how we connect? You see why it's Toscano and Chang yeah. and not Toscano and some other that, bozo? That is correct. Or bozo and Chang? Yeah, but, you see how that works? Check this out. <laughs> Sting, he began plans to launch his, his solo career, you know, and move on. And, yes. and in 1986, they played their final shows for Amnesty International, right? That was a, a Conspiracy of Hope tour. Right. And at, at that, that concert, okay, at that event, they symbolically passed the torch of the greatest band in the world to my favorite band ever. That's right. You too. To you too. You too. That's right. Now, the thing that I found intriguing was who crowned them the greatest band of the world at that time when you had the great band of Queen? Queen. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Who knows? Who knows? But I can tell you that number three on the Rolling Stones uh, list of top pop songs of the 80s is none other than Steve Winwood with Roll oh. With It. I would have thought it was Higher Love. I would have picked uh, Higher Love myself. Now, Stevie Winwood, that boy is an icon. He broke into the music business and sang with the group Traffic, which uh, uh, sat, I believe, uh, I don't know if it was Ginger Baker at the kit, but it was the legendary act slinging Eric Clapton. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. where Stevie Winwood got his first start when he was 16 years old. Stevie Winwood, the guy's a, music, a musical dynasty, my brother. Yeah, and you know that one of the interesting things about this song, uh, Roll With It, is that Steve Winwood was 40 years old in the summer of 1988 when wow. he did the song. Now, I wouldn't roll with that song. I rolled some things while I was listening to that song, but I didn't <laughs> roll with that song every time it came on. But I am a big Stevie Winwood fan. <laughs> All right, number two for you. And I'm going to skip my number two because we already talked about the police. So there you go. So what's your number two? And then I'll go with my number one. From the late, great, child-playing, magic, one-glove-wearing master man, Mr. Michael Jackson with Billie Jean. That is number two. Now I'm surprised. Now I'm surprised you didn't choose him as number one. Well, I can't do that because my number one is number one. No, nope. give it away. Don't give it away. No, give okay. it away. Okay. Now, now Michael Jackson, I mean, there is nothing that we can add to Michael Jackson. Everybody knows Michael Jackson. Everybody he has heard Michael Jackson. Um, every single album uh, in the 80s yes. that he launched was yes. a hit. Every single album in the 80s that he launched yes. was a hit. Period. Michael Jackson was, is, and will always be. Uh, if not the greatest, among the greatest pop stars or in history. Let's go to my number one. Now, my number one, well, it's not mine. Once again, this is the Rolling Stones' number one choice for the greatest song, pop song of the 1980s. Ooh, okay, bring it on, bring it and on. that was by none other than the artist that was about four foot one, four foot three at the end of his career, and uh, he was the lead mm. singer on the soundtrack for Purple Rain, When Doves Cry. None other than Prince. And by the way, here's a fact. It was a chart-topping song to match his number one film and album. But while the song accompanied scenes of the kids' romance with Apollonia in Purple Rain, oh, my God. did you know that it was actually Prince's relationship with one of the other members of Apollonia 6? 
which was Susan Moonzy that inspired the song mm-hmm. When Doves Cry. Really? Wow. Now that's some heavy, heavy duty information I yeah. didn't know. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. There's, there's another icon, my brother. No, Prince. Nobody even thinks about the great guitar wizardry that Prince held in his tiny little hands. Nobody no, ever he, thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was an incredible guitarist, man. And and you know what? He was just an incredible musician. Yeah. Because I heard him play jazz on the piano as well. Oh, he yeah. He was phenomenal. Now, I seen him on a tribute uh, to uh, George Harrison, and they played While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And he got up on stage with Tom Petty, uh, Donnie Harrison, George's son. Uh, he got up there with Jeff Lynn of ELO. Oh, and I forgot. There's a couple other guys I forgot. But uh, he did the the uh, electric lead on that song. It blew me away, dude. It was like Hendrix-like. Uh, I remember seeing an interview really quick with Eric Clapton, and somebody asked Eric Clapton, how does it feel to be the greatest guitar player of all time? He said, you, you, I could have answered that back in the 60s, but unfortunately, Jimi Hendrix is dead, so you can't ask him. And he goes, and you can't ask Stevie Ray Vaughan because Stevie Ray Vaughan has passed on too. He goes, so if you want to know who the greatest rock and roll guitar player of all time is present day, you need to go knock on Prince's door and ask him. Wow. Are you dude, serious? that's heavy. Yeah, dude. That was, I've honor. seen that in an interview. I mean, dude. What an honor. Prince, Prince shredded, dude. Shredded. Not only yeah. did he shred on guitar, but he shredded on writing. So many songs that he's panned out. Sinead O'Connor. Uh, all over the place. You know, music he's written, bro, that he didn't get credit for, but he's the one that came up. With the beautiful words and the and the and the musical beat and the content of it, hands down another icon, another individual that we will miss until we ourselves close our eyes. Well, my numero uno, number one, the King Salami in the deli window goes to the legendary, the legend himself. The late, great, greatest rock and roll singer of all time, bar none, Mr. Frederick Mercury. Freddie Mercury and Queen, number one. Another one bites the dust for my top ten of my 80s pop list tonight. No other than Freddie Mercury. I love that man. You know what? I'm going to go with you on that one because uh, every song that I know of, Freddie Mercury, any album, all of yeah. his albums are probably hits. That's how great this guy was. I think Queen is uh, very underrated at one point in time. A lot of people forget to talk about Queen, but I think to me personally, uh, I was touched by Queen in the 70s when I was a mere young a young lad, before I was the Chang, before I was the mime of music time on Changsters Gangsters. Queen touched my heart. At a very early age, I, th- that band could just do no wrong. They can play any scale. They could play any form of music. Freddie Mercury sang like a well-fined instrument. There has not been another singer to me that has the range of Freddie Mercury. The closest to me would be Rob Helford of Judas Priest, but that's two different types of music. Freddie Mercury stands alone. You're listening to Back to the 80s. 
back to the 80s. I am Dr. Love Weapon. We are bringing you love-hate letters today. I am, uh, and I'm Dr. Keith Sweet, always here for your hate relief. Dr. Uh, Keith Sweet and myself, Dr. Love Weapon, once in a while we'll jump on board here at Back to the 80s and bring you what we like to call Love Hate Letters. Mm-hmm. We take a moment and read those love letters and hate letters you have out there of experiences you're going through and we'll give you our best doctoral advice. What do you think, Doctor? I think uh, I think we need to come on the show and and open up the minds of our young lovers and haters out there, Doctor. Open I up think the minds. what what better plateau to bring that out than a show about the eighties. An era of love and hate. Wouldn't you agree, Doctor? Oh, 100%. And on that note, Dr. Sweet. Oh, that sounds sweet. Uh, Our first letter is from Jasmine. <laughs> ja- <laughs> Jasmine writes, Hello, doctors. I just want to share tonight my love letter with you. It all started in 1986. As I was introduced to the greatest love of my life we were found together walking one day a little bit past two in the morning at the drive through at Kentucky Fried Chicken (laughs) 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 and as uh, as uh, the love of my life and I walked through the drive through because we didn't have a car back then like I said, it was two in the morning, and uh, we ordered our chicken littles and uh, hung around the parking <laughs> lot there with only one light on in the whole parking lot by Super A Foods and Taco Bell in the corner that was closed at that time. And my honey just reached over and said, I love how the moon glistens on your forehead. And I just want to tell you, sweet Jasmine, on this day in 1986, how much I love you. And I promise to adore you forever. And I promise that one day we will come to Kentucky Fried Chicken, drive through in a car. <laughs> Thank you, Jasmine. Dr. Sweet, that's a, that's a love letter and a half. Uh, Dr. Love Weapon. I was filled with so much wonder and glee with uh, as you as you read that letter. You know, it 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 really is true love when you can walk through a drive-through at two in the morning, and you don't have a car, and that's just real love, because nothing's better than love with greasy fingers. Yes, and uh, there's nothing better than. Super A Foods back in the 80s. That's right. Uh, they were open 24 hours. So I imagine they could have got some napkins. Uh, but I just thought it was a beautiful letter. And I hope that uh, Jasmine and her fella are still together this day. And uh, if they don't have a car, 
they can go down to social services and get tokens for the metro and i'm sure then they can find love and get to another restaurant doctor oh yes and uh jasmine i just want to thank you for providing such wonderful wonderful lines to both dr street and myself and i want to encourage you keep on going to that kfc because they need it we're in quarantine all right doctor what do you have for us tonight well my favorite doc on the rock i've got i have a very very quick hate letter and uh it's from Kylie, and uh, let's just shoot into it. It says, roses are red, violets are blue. Darren, you truly don't know how much I hate you. I hope you fall beneath the mist. I don't care that I left you for your best friend and it made you pissed. I hope that one day you will cry like I did, for I hope the next day you wake up in silence. I'll hate you till the morning comes. I'll hate you till the night falls. My only hope is that Santa Claus takes all of your Christmas tree balls. Darren, I hope you're having a miserable life. And I hope that your significant other leaves you with nothing. Thank you for nothing, Kylie. Well, well, that was uh, that was a very interesting and a quirky poem. I have to say that uh, Kylie, you were on your best game, but you sound like a very bitter young lady, and. I I would uh, suggest that you need to go to your local pub and start drinking heavily and come back with a new attitude. What do you think, Dr. Love Weapon? Oh, I just think... I think there's only one way to be happy in this life. And that's where you just let go. Let go yes. of things. That's right, Doctor. make believe they don't exist continue on in your life that's true now doctor uh if she wants to call uh i can give her a prescription for some uh maybe she might like to take a shot of vodka and slow her roll a little bit uh, and 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 kylie maybe you better not be jumping into relationships when you've been drinking heavily for three days great that's that's all i can Kylie, suggest. i'm going to suggest you go immediately right now too to your phones and call Jasmine. Maybe, perhaps, Jasmine might be able to treat you to a Kentucky Fried Chicken late night snack. Would always help put a smile on anyone's face. On that note, I have uh, one more love letter here. And this love letter is brought to us by Ken. His, his name is Ken Darling. Ken. Ken writes to... Nancy and he says Nancy you make me shiver you make me sweat you make me dry when I become wet Nancy I've known you since we were in preschool 
And although our love relationship went on and off, throughout the entire first grade, I realized you were the one for me. When we hit that second grade. When we turned to third grade, I asked you to marry me and... You had no idea what I was talking about. I took that as a yes. And Nancy, now that we're together forevermore in my mind, I want to just tell you that I love you. And I don't care if you are married, have kids, and live in a different home. Nancy, this is for you. I love you. Wow. I, uh... Personally, got the chills myself, Doctor Sweet, and all I can tell uh, Ken Darling is that Ken, you have to get a life, buddy. She is married, and she's got someone else in her life, and she's got kids, and lives in a different area code, different state, and she has taken out several restraining orders against you. So, Ken. Ken, darling, please, please find someone else. Dr. Sweet, what do you think? Ken, Ken, you're on a bad vibe. Uh, I think, I think masturbation has gotten you a little crazy. I think, I think you need to stay away from females. Uh, You have a lot of the uh, qualities of a stalker. And I'm not talking about a stalker that works in the market and puts stocking on the shelves. No. You sound very troubled. Uh, I know that you can uh, Amazon a love doll from Tahiti or Taiwan. They are only $169, your choice of colored hair. And uh, the... the skin is made of lamb's wool and rubber, so it feels like a real woman. There's many, many other uh, things on those dolls that are lifelike. I think maybe you need to contact one of these uh, services and buy yourself a doll. And uh, please, stay away from drugs and alcohol for your soul reeks of the demon. Doctor, I am so... I'm so scared for <laughs> that young lady and 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 Ken Darling's uh, uncanny sickness. Yes. yes. Do you do you, do you have any prescriptions? Do you think that we could prescribe uh, Ken in his disgust? I think uh, going to confess your sins, my son, would be the best thing. There is a congregation at the corner of Sunset and Flower in the city of L.A. And uh, they have new priests there, by the way, so you have nothing to worry about. Confessionals are now see-through, so you'll have no problem. So that's my advice for you. Doctor, do you have that last letter for tonight? That letter of hate. I have another letter of hate, and this one is from Charles... And this letter is for Ingram. Charles writes, Ingram, I met you so many moons ago at Chippendales. Uh, My then fiancé and I were celebrating a night of drinking and heavy use of cocaine. And uh, our eyes met. I had always 
fantasized of being with another man, but not a man as virile and as strong and chiseled as you. Ingram, when I first rubbed my calloused hands from working on a roof on your masculine chiseled chest, I, a teardrop fell from my eye and something leaked from my legs and I don't know what it was. But you broke my heart when you met Ryan. Yes, Ryan, a starving actor, singer, Broadway pianist, and a soon-to-be lawyer, and you left me for him. And I asked you on your way out, does size matter? And you, ex you exclaimed, yes, it does. Well, I could only hope that someone Lorena Bobbitt's you, and you are no longer desirable for such masculine, chiseled, beautiful specimens of men. You have broke my heart and made me straight. So now, I'm leaving you, and I'm going with my girl, Connie Gates. Oh, Connie Gates, yes. Well, well, doctor, it's always sad when a yes. relationship goes kaput. It's even sadder when we have a same-sex oh, yeah. relationship go cahoots. Because there's nothing like leaving a sword fight with a broken sword. There's nothing like leaving love with a broken oh, heart, no. doctor. There's nothing like it. Sounds like problems at the White House again. Now, doctor, do you have any uh, caring words to help him with? Because you too... Uh, we're in a same-sex relationship back when we were in college in Stanford. I believe his name was uh, Jonas, wasn't it? Was it Brian Jonas? I don't know. Oh, that is uh, part of part of my life that I I just don't like to talk about because I start getting flustered and a little bit hot yes, under the collar. I know. And uh, just the memories that we went through back then. You know, all the late nights and ah, all those Taco Tuesdays we had back then. Unforgettable. But I can't tell you this. When you hate, there is a root of bitterness that gets created in your heart. And you want to get rid of that. You want to get rid of that root. And so I would say go ahead yes. and take a nice drive on it. a different route. Preferably Route 66. Yes. And take the highway. Ah. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like alcohol that numbs the pain. But remember, the pain will always remain in your brain. Hate less and love more. Doctor, I think it's time I go check the microwave for my cappuccino. So, uh, I think you should give our love haters a closing note. And, uh, would you like lemon or would you like cinnamon? In your oh, cabin, I would like a, a little of both, but preferably uh, a little bit of ginger at the end of there as well. Ginger always makes me smile. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> 
Oh, yes. This is the time, ladies and gentlemen, of the show where we talk about what made us angry back in the 80s. Chang, what made you changry back in the 80s? You know what made me changry back in the 80s, Toscano? I used to get changry because everyone had the same Ooh. You know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that, brother? Mullets. <laughs> you know what got me changry back in the 80s, my brother? <laughs> What's that? Minimum wage was only 265. You know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that, bro? People that wore Converse with no socks. Oh, stinky feet. You know what got me changry in the 80s? What's that? When rocker dudes would take the hem in on their pants and tuck it into their high top shoes. Uh, I used to do that. <laughs> you know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that? Oh, when guys used to fold their t-shirts inside like a little tie and, and then bring them on the inside and put a little knot to them like, like if they were on Baywatch. You know what used to get me changry back in the 80s? When guys would tie their sweater around their neck and look like they were going to play a game of tennis. You know what got me changry back in the 80s? What's that? When little men drove around in big cars. You know what got me changry in the 80s? What's that? The uncontrollable urge to want to make out with Molly Ringwald. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, that, of course, has been the Changries for the week. If you have a Changri and you don't know, if you, if you don't know what a Changri is and you want to know, well, easy. It's what made you angry back in the 80s. And in honor of Chang, we call them now Changries. So oh, yes. if you have a Changri you'd like us to mention here, go ahead and let us know through our Facebook page. Send us a direct message. We'd love to talk about him. Chang, it's been pretty cool talking about 80s music so far. And I had no idea, man, that you know so much about pop. Well, my brother, I have to tell you, I spent a lot of time grounded when I was a young, young, young buckaroo before I was the Chang. The mime of music time, the voice, the legend in my own head. So music was everything to me. I, 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 I listened to music more than I did anything else. I mean, that's God's honest truth. Music was incorporated. Every facet of my life was music. I couldn't shower. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't study. I couldn't work out. I couldn't go and be in a car and drive. I couldn't do anything unless I had music playing in the background. Call me crazy. One of the things that I've noticed that is a reality, and that's when things have been gone astray, when things are going down or you know, being in quarantine, being a lockdown, or whatever the situation is, whoever you are, whatever political um, stance you take, whatever you are going through in right. life, music, there is something supernatural. I mean this, supernatural mm -hmm. about music that will take you from feeling blue and sad and depressed. And for that moment, for those couple of minutes, three minutes, 
or if you listen to an album for the remainder of that album, you are literally transported somewhere else in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. And it is, it is just yes. something so phenomenal about music. And now that we've been yes, talking about 80s music, isn't it just more than amazing? It's like an awesome thought how music that we were listening to back when we were kids and teens and young adults, that we will take that to the end of our days. And there's always going to be a song or two songs or more that when we hear them, maybe there's a song that you've heard that you haven't heard in a long time, right? And when you hear it playing, maybe in somebody else's car or at the store, or wherever mm-hmm. you are, it will transport you back to when to when you had yeah, that yes. experience, yes, whatever it was. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I would like to add to that is there are two entities in mankind, I think, that capture people at a high magnitude and can unify ten to 10,000 people at one given time, and that is the sound of music or the sound of laughter, which is comedy. Comedy and music are the two things that are so bittersweet, they can take us away from emotions that are bad. They can help us release emotions that are bad, and at one given moment, Everyone there is on the same level. There is no hate. There is no color. There is no sexual preference. There is no social status. And that is if you play a song with a group of people, everyone there automatically goes back in time into their mind of a happier time. And that creates a vibe and an energy that is a godsend to me. That's what music is to me. That's why it's so important that uh, music not be forgotten. It's so important that we should not lose music education in our schools. Music is the key, brother, to unity. You can believe whatever you want of politics or whatever belief you have of life, but if you get two friends in one room that disagree in every subject, but when that one song comes in and it plays and these two friends can be united by just one piece of music, man. And that's amazing. That's yes. amazing. You know, it would be great if I were to become president or an emperor or something bigger than I think in my own mind of myself. Or a dictator. <laughs> I, I would place speakers on every street corner, every city, every state in America. And at, at, at a certain time, I will play music, and that music will be heard by everyone at that given time. And I would like to see how much hate, how much backstabbing, how much greed, how much crime would be created if that were to happen for one hour at four That's parts a good social of the day. experiment, definitely. Maybe we should do that on YouTube. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's a good idea. That would be that would be something that uh, if I was the leader of the free world or not so free world where we're at now, that's well, what I would do. Well, the good thing is that uh, here at Back to the '80s, we can talk about those memories. That we can dwell for a little while, anyway, on those experiences of our past, of especially back in the '80s that we had, and for a little moment, 
be transported back to a different era, a different moment in our life, and mm-hmm. hopefully to a much brighter time in your life and in mine. In the meantime, I want to thank you for joining us here at Back to the 80s. I still want to motivate you and uh, just ask that you would go ahead and download our podcast. Give us a like on our Facebook page. Give us some comments. Also, if you want to let us know uh, maybe what subjects you want to hear, please go ahead and send us a direct message to our Facebook page, and we're going to do our best to, to talk about it here on Back to the 80s. So I'm Toscano, and I want to thank you. Have a safe, safe and happy week. And from the Chang here, I want you all to remember, only unity will create prosperity. Remember, we are going back into a quarantine. Let's not make this a political statement. This is something that is definitely out there, and it affects all of us. A disease does not know color, does not know race, does not know sexuality, does not know political status. A disease does one thing. It kills, it breaks down, and it takes away. Let's hold that true. And remember, you guys, remember to stay tight and get each other's back. We are all we have. We are one race, the human race. So we will see you next time, same place, same time, doing the same old thing. And remember, music is the key to unity. You all have a safe weekend. Orale, carnalitos. Ay, te guacho. Arrivederci. Adios. See ya.